Morning. Oh, there we are. Sitting here after me bongs, you know. Five past five. Nice to have your company. Very nice, says Noreen. That young man who's blind, listening to him writing. What a lovely lad. We wish him well. Spare a thought for Brian. And the reason we're sparing a thought for Brian this morning is because he's got a fast until 9.35 for his blood test. She says, at least the appointment's early. I've had 24-hour fasts in the past. Yeah. So when are you going to Claridge's? This week. This week we're going to... We've got to wait just to get the, uh, the confirmation and then it's, uh, it's all systems go, which is quite nice. But, uh, yeah, the fasting... I tend to find if you do a fast for blood tests, then what you have to do is you go... Um, is you, sort of, you go to bed early and then try and make sure that you're asleep for most of it and then it doesn't make any difference. Well done to Mark, who's currently residing at Her Majesty's Pleasure up in Wakefield. He's in Sea Wing. He has been quite a naughty boy. And uh, he, he writes to us on a regular basis... And uh, we were talking the other day about where the, where the phrase pomp and circumstance came from. And as he had a few moments on his hands, he said, presumably, you mean, who did Mr Elgar get the title for his five musical marches that he composed around 1901 to 1903? But, of course, as we now know, it goes back to Shakespeare, Othello, Act 3, when Iago is trying to plant doubt in Othello's mind after his wife's uh, infidelity. And he talks about pomp and, and circumstance there, because we couldn't work out at the time where pomp and circumstance came from. So, well done, Mark. He says, he said, I bet you weren't expecting that from a serving prisoner. Well, actually, I was. I thought, if anybody's going to come up with these things, it'll be you. So, well done. Thank you very much indeed for that. And uh, we take everybody else's texts and emails, 84850stevenlbc.co.uk, uh, on the subject of... Uh, of Madeleine McCann. It's on, it's on quite a number of papers this morning. There's two stories that kind of dominate. One is Maddie by her mum Kate because they're selling a book. The other one is uh, the fact that uh, poor Kelly Brooke has lost her baby, uh, which is terribly sad. And the other story is the fact that Cheryl Cole turned up in America wearing God knows what as an outfit. I've got no idea. With sort of the American big hair, which didn't quite suit her. Uh, she looked a little bit Barbie dollish, which is good, which is good. Um, Paul says, first of all, you admit you're 39 and three quarters, but honestly, did I really hear you say that you don't play any instruments at the tail end of yesterday's show? Are you telling us your legendary duelling banjo was only a recording? Surely not. Next thing you'll be saying you went on that camel in your Egyptian holiday photos either. Well, I mean, I couldn't swear blind about the, about the camel pictures. Even I was a bit surprised at those ones. But, uh, you couldn't make it up, as they say. Um... <clears throat> Evening Standard uh, last night were talking about uh, all sorts of things, including more on Kate McCann, please try to bully me into saying I killed Maddie, and some flash dancing that went on last night outside Buckingham Palace. Now, I don't know if it's hit YouTube yet, but this is a group of 130 dance students who staged a royal flash mob for crowds outside Buckingham Palace. The dancers from colleges, including the University of East London and Middlesex, performed a four-minute set-piece on a Romeo and Juliet theme. The performance by Big Dance was before a reception being held tonight at the Palace by the Queen for young people in the performing arts. And I think they did it to... Um, it was a Queen song, was it? We Will Rock You. I think it was. Love to see it. Looks fantastic. I love these, these flash dancers. They, they were so good in London, but then everybody started copying them around the world, and it kind of uh, didn't have as much impact. My favourite was the Doa Deer, I think done in a railway station. <laughs> I can't remember which word, railway station. It was a it could be Strasbourg or something like that. And that was really, really good. Didn't beat our very first one, though, which I thought was the best. I, I really loved it. I thought, you know, when you get a load of people coming together, at the very end, they all just melted into the crowd. That was the clever bit. We all sat there and watched it thinking, wow, that is unbelievable. The other thing that's unbelievable, you'll, you'll remember we've spoken at length of how cruel the animal world is. 
and, uh, and, and, and the dreadful problems faced by seals. And, in fact, I was only mentioning the other day, the seals who get born on this island every year, and uh, they go down to the water, and every year, the moment the seals are born, the killer whales arrive. There'll be a pod, I think it's a pod of killer whales, and they sit there and they just wait, like, you know, filing their nails or something, and waiting until seals are stupid enough to venture into the water, which they are. And, in fact, even if they're not, they've only got to be sort of lounging around on the sand and the killer whales launch themselves up the beach. And what they do is they grab one of the seals and they take it back out to sea, which in itself must be the most terrifying thing ever for these ports who've got no idea what's going on. They just know that the next thing they're flipped up in the air and what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the skin off because they don't know how to get the skin off these things and they throw them backwards and forwards and they flip them and they they just seem to juggle with them all the time so imagine my uh, my incredulity when i opened up the papers today and in fact yesterday as well and a shark expert was trying to photograph them taking the seals but it's quite a difficult thing to do so they thought the best thing to do was to take a dummy seal out and uh, and let the sharks take that and that's exactly what they did off the coast of south africa Michael Rutson went out there, and behind the boat they towed the dummy seal, and the killer whales went for it, and they grabbed it, and they bit it, and they've got the most amazing set of photographs of, of what, you know, what these... I mean, it's a glass-fibre dummy seal. There's nothing in it. So the killer whales must have thought, what the heck is this one tasting of? This one hasn't been eating very well. And, um, and so they've got great pictures in all the papers of that today. It's very clever. Very, very clever. Do you have an Oyster card, by the way? Many of you got Oyster cards? Have you got, an, have you got a, a royal Oyster card? I've just got normal Oyster card. I don't have anything... It's like Starbucks card. I've just got normal Starbucks card. But Transport for London has made two million quid from the sale of a special edition of the Oyster card commemorating the royal wedding. 200,000. Didn't Nick Ferrari get the first one? I think Nick Ferrari had his... I'm sure that somebody came in and went, there you go, Nick. There's the... Th-. And I remember thinking, blast. He's actually got one of those, those cards. But uh, they're doing really well with them. Doing really, really well with them. Uh, also, they were saying yesterday they managed to put that plaque up for Dusty Springfield, which we mentioned on the programme, so that was good news. And the other one, the girlfriend of the July the 7th bomber, Jermaine Lindsay, has spoken of her battle to move on with her life. Nikki Pike went on dates with the 19-year-old terrorist in the weeks before he killed 26 people on the Piccadilly Line train. She's come out as lesbian, and she now lives with her partner, um... Uh, they they work in a holiday park. They've had a, they're planning a civil partnership. They live on the Isle of Wight, and uh, and she's moving on. And they look really happy together. Actually, they look really happy. They've obviously sort of you know she's put it behind her as much as she can, and uh, they're moving on. And everything is is lovely in the garden. So good for them. It doesn't say where they work, but it's obviously one of these theme parks. I'd love to work in a theme park. Can you imagine? It must be nice on a sunny day. But when you wake up in the morning, you look out you look out your caravan window. And you get, Oh, God, it's raining. And raining makes you feel automatically a little bit... Pfft. You all feel de- deflated, don't you? You look out the window and it's raining. Some people... I mean, I quite like looking at rain. But sometimes you just look at it thinking, oh, why going to be sunny today? And then it becomes sunny and you think, yeah. Because you... I mean, it must be awful if, you, if you're working at a theme park. So you're going to go out there and if it's rain, you've got to dry all the seats off on all the rides. Because nobody's going to sit on a wet seat, are they? It's like turning up. I love that. I really must... Uh, have a look at the St Pancras Renaissance Hotel in King's Cross. £200 million gothic fantasy. And by God, it looks wonderful. As houses go, it would have been tremendous. I think... Now, who went down to it some years ago? They opened it up on open house day. And the corridors are big, wide corridors so that ladies in Victorian dress could pass each other. Uh, many, many of the rooms didn't have bathrooms. 
so you had to queue for the bathroom at the end of your corridor, or the maids would bring up hot water. And they've got this fantastic gothic staircase. I mean, it must have looked in its day brilliant. And strangely enough, now they've brought it back and it still looks absolutely brilliant. They, they put in a swimming pool. Um, they've done all sorts of things. When In 1988, when BR, who had it moved out, um, they left the building derelict and there was talk about pulling it down. And every time people drove past it, they were saying, you can't pull it down. It's wonderful. But they, they use the Spice Girls. They film a bit of the Spice Girls wannabe down there. I think Batman and, of course, more famously, Harry Potter. There were lots of scenes of Harry Potter, I think, because I remember driving down there when we were in Gray's Inn Road, and I remember looking at the building, and they had, in the early hours of the morning, because that was the best time to film, they sort of put up all the arc lights and everything, and you immediately think, they're filming, but what the dickens are they filming? It was only later we found out it was Harry Potter. But at the time, it was great, because you go past, and it's like an army of people who turn up on all these uh, film sets. So it's, it's, it's going again, and it's happy, and I've still not seen the King's Speech, and I've still not watched the latest Harry Potter... I do have it, but I just haven't watched it yet. And people keep saying, oh, you must watch it, there's only one more to go. And, uh, but I'm not, not that fussed about Harry Potter. I'm really not. It doesn't, doesn't actually, <coughs> excuse, excuse me, make uh, too much difference. The reason I'm coughing, the reason everybody's coughing, is because there's some bug doing the rounds at the moment. And everybody's feeling a little bit, um, a little bit sniffy. A little bit sniffy. Uh, so, Mirror this morning, a free TARDIS model. They're the ones who gave us the other day, the free Dalek in yellow or something. Um, Kelly loses the baby. This is Kelly Brooke, has lost the, uh, the baby girl she was expecting. She was almost five months uh, pregnant. It's a tragedy, isn't it, really? The, the, only, the only problem I have with it, I always think this is a private time for people. I think it's a very private time, and, and it, it should be private for them. And uh, so I don't like to see these people plastered all over the front page of the papers. It's, it's bad enough as it is without having to then sort of make statements and talk about it. Uh, Nick Ferrari this morning as the Health Secretary Andrew Lansley defended his controversial NHS bill, despite Nick Clegg saying he'll ask his party to vote against it, unless there are significant changes. Nick will be asking what changes should be made to the plans, and after the Pakistani Prime Minister dismissed claims that his country helped hide Osama bin Laden for his death, Nick will want to know if you believe him. You can join Nick and the team from 7 o'clock this morning. John McKenty, the Daily Mail journalist, is going to be looking at the papers. Uh, Simon Hughes, the Lib Dem deputy leader and MP for Bermondsey and Old Southwark, will be joining him as well. And um, should the UK apologise for virginity tests in the 1970s? don't even know what they are. Ken Livingstone will be the guest, the former Mayor of London, and Labour's candidate again in 2012, famously gave, as Mayor, an emotional apology for London's part in the slave trade. Oh, yes, I remember that vaguely, in the back of my mind. In the back of my mind. Perhaps your, your recollection is a little bit better. Nick and the team with you, after 7 o'clock this morning, here on LBC 97.3. <laughs> 5.15, at least four NATO airstrikes have hit the Libyan capital Tripoli overnight. One hit a parliament building. There are unconfirmed reports Colonel Gaddafi's compound may have been targeted. The Press Complaints Commission has ruled the Daily Telegraph's decision to secretly tape Vince Cable last December breached rules. The business secretary was caught telling undercover reporters that he'd declared war on Rupert Murdoch. And Terminator star Arnold Schwarzenegger and his wife of 25 years, Maria Shriver, are separating. They say it's a time of great personal and professional transition for each of them, and it's a mutual decision. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. Looks good at the moment. Can only get worse. Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Well, yes, motorways are all running well. From 7. 
Morning, everybody. 18... No, it's not. One, two... Yes, yes, it is. It's 18 minutes past five. I can't even read the clock now. It's terrible, isn't it? Now, I got a letter in from a lady I've not seen for, for ages called Kate. And she says, I know it was about 100 years ago. Uh, I, would, I would write you often about things that Ray Frencham had said. He's still writing things, Kate. And you'd usually read my letters out on air. Because in the early days of LBC, about 100 years ago, we did read out letters on air. That's what we did. Because there was no... Uh, but we did have phone-ins, but there was literally one or two phone-ins throughout the day. And we didn't have texts or emails or anything like that, so people wrote letters in. So Ray French would write a letter in, and then Kate would write one the following week, replying to what he'd said. So before you know where we are, we had quite a thing going backwards and forwards. Anyway, she said, then I moved from Kent to Lincolnshire, bought a pub. Sadly, almost impossible to receive the station there, and it was hard to keep in touch. Still, we managed a few on-air phone quizzes and whatever. I shall never forget the LBC party you invited me to a few months before I had to move. It was wonderful. Well, to me, anyway. And, uh, and then you joined in the party, and you handled the live broadcast. <laughs> yes. She says, uh, strange enough, I've got two grandchildren. Like you, I also have diabetes. I know, it's the occupational hazard, isn't it, I'm afraid, of, uh, of middle age. And um, she says, you saved my life. I found peace. And then, strangely enough, I've just had a, a text from Kate. She says, in addition to discovering earlier I can email you, I can found, I've now found I can listen to my new laptop. Oh, joy. Yes, that is the advantage of laptops. You can now, doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can listen to uh, LBC. And you can join in, provided you can work out the time difference. Mind you, you're only in, in Lincolnshire, I think. Are you in Lincolnshire still? I, do you know, I remember looking at Lincolnshire, some ages and ages, funny you should mention Lincolnshire, because I've often said to people, property up there is cheap. Compared to London, or compared to Essex, or compared to just about anywhere, Lincolnshire was not very expensive. For example, and this, this is not a particularly good example, uh, if you had £2 million to spend down in London, and you were looking at, say, St John's Wood, you're not going to get a great deal. You're going to get, you know, a nice house, but certainly nothing. Move to Lincolnshire, you can practically buy a mansion for two million quid, in fact, less than two million, which comes with acres and acres of land and stuff like that. It's only in London the house prices have gone through the roof. So, uh, so keep up, uh, keep up to speed with the programme, Kate. Nice to know you there. On a, <coughs> excuse me, oh dear. on a lesser note, says Phil, they did a most haunted live from St Pancras. It's absolutely the ideal place to do it. Why? Because it's gothic. And we always associate gothic with ghosts and, and ghostly goings-on and stuff like that. That's good, isn't it? I think that's very good. Stomach going again this morning. Do you know, it's on a daily basis, this. It's funny. It doesn't seem to do it during the daytime. Start in the morning at 20 past five. I know. It is terrible, isn't it? I've never heard anything like it. I wonder what it is. It does, doesn't it? It sounds really peculiar. I keep thinking to myself, I don't think there's anything going on in here that isn't... <laughs> Perhaps we should just tape it and just play it. Have a whole programme. whole programme of <laughs> stomachs. Um, Lady Gaga is having a giraffe. A laugh. She's ordered everybody to speak with Cockney accents and she eats fried Mars bars. She apparently loves um, deep-fried Mars bar and chips. She likes a cuppa. She likes a pims, gin and chicken. It's amazing how people have embraced the Cockney lifestyle. And uh, we're all Cockneys here. As we go up the apples and pears and all the rest of it. Uh, petrol price war sees four pence a litre cut. Not round my way. In fact, if anything, they've, they've slowly edged it up. Petrol companies ripping you off even more than they were. 42 points something I paid the other day. 42 points something. To the relief of motorist Morrison's. Of, oh, it's the supermarkets. You see, I don't class the supermarkets as actually selling proper petrol. 
I think they're actually selling their own... Well, they're, they're selling their own brand. You know, you never go into a Morrison's and find a Shell garage, do you? You find Morrison's Petrol. If you go to Asda, it's Asda Petrol. I think the same for Sainsbury's. Sainsbury's Petrol. They're not selling... You hear that? Uh, Sainsbury's are selling their own petrol. I want to go in there and find the normal petrol. Because for some reason, I always think the petrol they're selling is inferior. You know, it might might be cheaper. I don't know where you get... You must be able to get cheap petrol. Because if they can sell it at four pence a litre cheaper than everybody else, why can't everybody else sell it four pence a litre cheaper? 42 points something. I was talking to my driver this morning, and he said on average, for a week of diesel, he spends about 150 quid. 150 quid a week on diesel. And diesel, do you remember when diesel, we were all going, oh, get a diesel car. And then the price of diesel went up through the roof. And you started thinking, this is just stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. As um, a teenage student, she was in the papers yesterday. Her name was uh, Emily Longley. She was found dead after telling her Facebook friends, I have a stalker. And she was really, pr- her parents haven't, uh, haven't come to terms with it at all, as you can well imagine. On the 4th of May, at 2105, somebody phoned her up and said, um, uh, you don't know me, but I know everything about you. And that is the danger of Facebook. That is the danger of some of these these sites where people pick up on you and they read about you and they think they know you, and because there's a certain amount of loonies out there, you know, people who will do this kind of thing, they don't think it's anything to stalk somebody and go, you don't know me, but I'm watching you. And that's the frightening thing. And so I've often said about Facebook, you know, people say, oh, I've got thousands of friends. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. What you've got is the same amount of friends you had before and quite a number of weirdos. And that's the danger. What was it? Was Stephen Fry was sort of Twitter. I think he's got... I forget how many Twittering fans he's got. I've got 5,000. 5,000 people. But to be honest with you, and, and you know this as well as I do, I don't know 4,900 of these people. They're just people who probably listen to the programme or they've picked up on it and say, oh, let's, let's see what he's tweeting today or whatever it happens to be. But you don't know people. So when you get somebody like Wayne Rooney who's got hundreds of thousands of people, he doesn't know them. So it'd be quite easy for somebody to... Which they have. People have written in before. And they've said things. Even one of the guys on the television uh, who's on, I think it's the Country File programme. I think his name's Johnny. I'll, it, I'll find it in a minute. He's been getting death threats to his children because he talked about a badger cull. He talked about a badger cull on the programme. That's right, Adam Henson, his name is. He's really nice. Admittedly, he's on the television quite a lot. And once you, you appear on the television, um, you know, you kind of open yourself up, especially if you're in farming. So he's been getting... Uh, letters from animal rights extremists who've made death threats against his children. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. You know that what some of these animal extremists are like. They are mentally ill. They are sort of people who go out and they'll, they'll happily... We've had it before. Do you remember? They've dug up people's bodies and they've kidnapped them. They're, they're quite clearly sick in the head. The father of two has reported the controversial proposals to cull 70% of all badgers in areas affected by bovine tuberculosis, but he revealed, he's since revealed, vile hate mail from angry animal rights activists. He says there are some very nasty extremists out there. Oh, there undoubtedly are. Some very nasty people, full stop. But uh, he says here, he says, um, one of them said, uh, we're going to burn your children. I mean, what sort of sicko would write that to a man? You know, so luckily the police can find them. You know, if they've written anything on an email, you can find them. So that's, that uh, features in the uh, the papers today. What was I watching last night? Because I think she's going very shortly. Oh, um, Coronation Street, Becky, who's married to Steve, who's got the pub. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, we need to get rid of her as soon as possible. She's No, she's mad as a brush. Yesterday she was shouting and screaming at Steve. So she's, I mean, she is going, so that, that's good news. And Steve will then settle down, well, I think, with Kate Ford. 
who's grooming him again. Have you noticed that? She's, oh, let's, should we go out for the sake of our baby? And you know she's mad. You know she's balmy because they had a shot of her outside. And, and she's looking and she's doing one of those sort of sly little smiley things, which is always a bit scary. Um, I must find out, if anybody can find out on YouTube, if this flash dance outside Buckingham Palace is on there, do let me know. Because we'd, we'd love to watch that one. But we like things like that. We like things. And also, I'd love to know, uh, will you be buying uh, the Madeleine McCann book? Are you interested in Madeleine McCann? Are you interested in the, the son's story? Because now uh, Madeleine McCann's mum, Kate, has revealed how the trauma of her daughter being abducted put her marriage to Jerry under huge stress and says, I couldn't make love to Jerry. I'm not sure whether or not we've moved into another... another realm of this of this horrible saga she tells of the despair and uh, after the girl was snatched and and she talks about the fact that their their love life tailed off and this, and i'm not sure whether that's got anything to do with it i would think anybody it's like you know if, if, if you're close you know if your mum dies or something like that you're not going to go oh you know fantastic you know love life of course completely disappeared out the window after mum died but it uh, doesn't matter we'll get it back very shortly i don't think there's any interest there and i'm not sure if this book solves it, I know that it's designed, I'm assuming it's designed, to make some money to prop up the Madeleine McCann fund, because they had lots of money, which was generated by people, and then, systematically, they've had to pay loads of people, and they haven't actually got anywhere. So, as the money ran out, they had to think of another way of making money, and the way of making money is to do a book. It's taken a long time, but would you be the sort of person who would want to read it? Do let me know. This is LBC... It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, when on the subject of the uh, the Madeline book, it's called Madeline, by the way, by Kate McCann. It's uh, not released till the twelfth of May, so it's uh, got a couple of days to go. Strange enough, the son of, of obviously serialised, and presumably they have paid money to serialise. That's how it works. You get your book serialised if it's interesting enough. Um, I haven't actually read any of it because I, I thought I knew enough about the story uh, for it not to to matter to me. I just felt desperately sorry for them that that they can't ever do anything about it. They'll never know. Unless some, th- some strange things happen. You know, it's been quite a number of years now. And, and I mean, it was, what, 2007? So it's, it's four years ago. She'll be eight. She'll be eight now. She'll look completely different. Kids change. You know, all they want to know, really, is is where is she? That would be the answer that any any parent would want to know. Is she dead? Is she alive? There's no halfway house on this. Was she kidnapped by somebody? Kate McCann is obviously of the opinion that she was kidnapped, and so she's saying this evil person. But, of course, it might not be an evil person. I know that sounds very strange, but this could be a mother who doesn't have a child, a mother who lost a child, replaced it. We don't know. The simple answer is we do not know. There's no CCTV. There's no nothing. Why do they just take Madeline? Why do they not take the other two children? You know, what reason? Answer, we have no idea. We have no idea at all. But but the price of the book is a thing that might affect whether or not you buy it, because in The Sun, they're saying list price is £20, but you can order it from us for 18 Strange enough, on Amazon, they're selling it for nine quid. So, in other words, it's it's less than half price if you go to Amazon. Would that still tempt you to... Would you be buying it? I'd be interested to find out who would buy this book. I, I really don't know... 
because you you must have read all the newspaper reports. We've talked about it at length. Everybody's always had opinions on Madeleine McCann, and the, and the and the straightforward opinion is, I'm afraid, that had they not gone out to dinner that night and left the kids asleep in their room or alone in their room, this might not have happened. But then you can always go if 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 but 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 but, and we'll and we'll never know. Uh, the police in Portugal, I shouldn't imagine, were that useful at dealing with something of this enormity. To them, it's just something else. Somebody disappears, you know, and they, they, they put their best man or woman on the job. And But I don't, I don't think their, their track record's particularly good. But would you buy the book? And if you would buy it, why would you buy it? Would you be buying it to help the, the Madeline fund, or would you be buying it thinking you could read something in between the pages that might give a clue? Because, you know, we've had all sorts of people coming forward. Oh, I saw Madeline. Do you remember that, that time where they thought she'd been abducted by gypsies in Romania? So the whole of the press corps troop over there to this bunch of toothless hags who were standing around with a girl who looked nothing like Madeleine McCann and was so fascinated by this press interest all of a sudden in they had a little blonde girl with them. And they couldn't understand why anyway. Um... And then we've had all sorts of other people. I was sitting at this cafe, and there was this man there with this little girl, and he looked evil. He saw me looking, and then he hurried off. And you think, oh, don't be so stupid. All these people have been proven to be either, you know, blatant liars or people who've been less than economical with the truth. So, would you buy Madeline's book? And if you would, why? And if you wouldn't, why would you not buy it? Are you not interested? Have you, have you gone beyond interest? You know, headlines on the front of the papers, I couldn't make love to Jerry. Would that be the kind of thing that would, uh, that would put you off? Love to hear from you. 84850, uh, There's more on the, uh, the Twittering and more on, you know, names being banded around. There's all sorts of jokes about all these people who've taken out these super injunctions, or as we prefer to call it, people who've got £100,000, because that's what they cost. And, uh, and here's Nancy Delolio having a romantic lunch in, uh, in a restaurant near... A place called Efrajane, I think it is, near Rome. Of course, she has been there before. She seems to take everybody there, and it's just photo opportunity. And she's out with uh, Sir Trevor Nunn, which is lovely. They even stayed in the same beach house that Nancy stayed in before to escape all the press coverage, because Nancy and press coverage kind of go hand in hand, don't they? How we ever got this woman, I've got no idea, but we're kind of stuck with her now, which is a little bit of a little bit of a pain. Mark is up early. He's the bailiff. He's coming out to get your car if you haven't paid. Do you know, is it my imagination? How much are tax discs now? I've just got my thing through for the tax disc. 260 quid. And, and then it says, I went to do it online, and it says you don't have any insurance. I thought, I've got insurance for a year. How can I not have any insurance? So I just have to go and, go and check that today. Um... That'd be quite disastrous, wouldn't it? Did I have it for... Oh, actually, I might have changed the insurance. I did change it, but did it run for a year or did it not? Oh, dear, it's all going to happen today, isn't it? I can just tell. So we'll sort that out. Um, they might not understand you in America, pet. This is Cheryl Cole. But they're sure to notice your outfit. It is the most ghastly outfit. I don't know. They say bright and beautiful. It just looked tacky. She's as thin as a rake. She's about two foot tall. Lots of big hair. She's uh, very, very skinny. And, um... And that's all we can say. And she's appearing in America. Good. I don't mind. Um, no, the outfit was very peculiar. Trousers that didn't fit properly. You'd have thought somebody would have sort of taken them up at the bottom and she could look a bit more glamour. She's worn that cheap top before with all the ruffles. She looks like she's about to start work as a, you know, as, as a waitress somewhere. Actually, talking of people working as waitresses, um, Peter Andre is looking for, uh, for waitresses. He's looking for barristers. He's going to open a coffee bar. He's going to open a coffee bar, and he's hoping it'll be the start of a chain. Now, of course, there's nothing worse 
I'm afraid, than, than celebrities who open coffee bars thinking, oh, I'll just open a coffee bar. The people who are going to go there are hoping to see the celebrity. I don't think there's that many that work. But uh, he, he thinks, he said, I'm going to have a chain of them. I thought, no, you're not. No, you're not. Definitely not. Um, this is the uh, outrage at the screening of the Diana dying photograph. I don't know if you've heard about this one. This is the paparazzi photograph of Princess Diana. It's going to be screened for the first time in a documentary about her fatal crash. Unlawful killing, which will be shown at Cannes this week, is backed by the actor Keith Allen and Mohamed Al-Fayed, whose son Dodie died with Diana. The 90-minute film will include a graphic black-and-white close-up of Diana, taken moments after the Mercedes carrying the couple crashed in the Paris underpass. Because if you remember, there was a paparazzi there, and uh, he was a photographer, the first one to reach the smashed-up Mercedes, and what he did, he took loads and loads of pictures. They say here, uh, this picture's never been seen publicly in this country, but uh, Diana's blonde hair and features are clearly visible. It'll be shown around the world, but not in the UK, prompting Alan to say, pity, because at a time when the sugar rush of the royal wedding has been sending Republicans into a diabetic coma, it could act as a, a welcome antidote. Dear. I'm not really sure. To be honest, would you want to see that either? Would you want to see that? I wouldn't want to see that either. I can't think of, can't think of anything worse. Absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. But uh, I'm sure you've got a thought on that one. Eight four eight five zero. And um, Robert, yes, looking forward to that as well. Thank you very much indeed. So uh, it'll be very nice. Very much looking forward to it. Paul in Manchester says the flash dance at Buckingham Palace is on YouTube. Just type in that flash dance at Buckingham Palace. I won't be buying the book. No disrespect to the McCann family, but they really have exhausted every avenue. They or she wouldn't recognise her if they passed her in the street. It all boils down to the fact they shouldn't have left the kids alone. End of. I know, and that's, and that's the sad thing, isn't it? Because you can always say, if, 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 if only they hadn't done this. If only. And I agree. Do you think that Andrew Hall, years ago, in Butterflies, with Wendy Craig, would ever have seen he'd have been in Coronation Street in a frock, and a very dodgy one at that? Yes, because he's... I think he's been out with Audrey and Audrey's friend, but he's actually uh, a tranny. And uh, Audrey's friend, played by Rula Lenska, is absolutely horrified. Absolutely horrified by this. Absolutely terrible. So it's, um, it's, it's a bit sad, really. And I, I did watch it on Coronation Street, and I thought, they're, they're not very tolerant up there, are they? Not very tolerant at all. Uh, the BBC Country File presenter revealing this threat by animal rights extremists. Uh, Adam presents the TV show on lambing. Remember, he did that live one with Kate Humble. And, uh, you know, like most people in the countryside, if you've got bovine tuberculosis, you have to make some effort to stop it. You have to make an effort to stop it. But uh, he's, uh, he, he was reporting on plans to cull 70% of all badgers in disease hotspots, which will be confirmed by the government. So it's not like he's acting alone on this. And uh, because of this, he says, conservation groups and farmers are at war with each other. It's like that bloke, isn't it? There's a farmer down somewhere. I can't remember where it is now. It must be near some forest or some lovely place. And travellers have moved onto his land. And, um, and he wants to get rid of them. And the police have said, you can't do anything. But the, the Forestry Commission, or the people round there, have said to him, listen, get them off and then make sure the land is put good again. Well, the travellers have said they're not going. They, they've come up with the usual bunch of baloney. They, they're trying to get planning permission. It's not their land. They've just sort of gone on there and commandeered it. And what they generally do over bank holidays is sort of tarmac it and quickly lay down things and then stay there. And he said, I can't get rid of them. 
He said they won't go. So the press go down there and they talk to the travellers and they say, listen, why are you not going? We can't. One of, one of the people here is expecting a baby and, and somebody's got cancer and so we're not going. And that seems to be the end of the matter. It's all a little bit disheartening, really, for somebody who's, who's got any land, be it in Lincolnshire or anywhere else, and all of a sudden a bunch of caravans move on because you've unfortunately left a gate unlocked and the next thing is you can't get rid of them. My favourite one was some years ago when a bunch of travellers moved onto a farmer's land and, uh, and he went to see them and he said, you, you've, you've got to move. And they went, we're not moving. And he went, well, you've got to move. He said, you'll have to, very shortly, he said, it's pig slurry time. And they went, what? He went, it's pig slurry time. They went, what does that mean? He went, that's when I have to put all the pig slurry on the fields to, you know, to sort of fertilise them. Well, they thought he was joking till he turned up early hours of one morning with this huge machine... And started pig slurrying. They couldn't pack up and get off quick enough. They couldn't get off quick enough. It was it was very interesting. And perhaps you think that's how it should be. Perhaps that's how it should be. Uh, poor old Jamie um, Jamie Oliver's restaurants are, uh, are suffering at the moment. Claims of undercooked meat. It's very difficult to get meat that's cooked properly. That's why I always have everything and everybody hates it. Um, it's because... Um, I always have meat overcooked, and chefs don't like cooking it. It's very cold in there today, isn't it? It's particularly cold. Should we warm it up a little bit? Just for a while. Yeah. Very strange. And it's, it's, a, it's a case of, I like food that's, that's well-cooked. If I have a steak, it's always going to be well done. And, um, and then other people say, you know, you shouldn't have steak like that. Because it's, it's very bad for the meat. I can't have it any other way, I'm afraid. Uh, Steve, I have no interest in the McCann book. Old news, the book will be in the pound shop within six months, says Liz. Ha-ha. <laughs> um, Stephen Croydon thinks I'm mellowing. I think I probably am, actually. Probably mellowing a little bit. And uh, whilst looking at the photo of William and Catherine in the blue sports car, couldn't help noticing evidence of poorly repaired damage to the near side of the car. I hope the owner is aware that someone has borrowed it and obviously driven it carelessly. I think it's owned by Prince Charles, isn't it, that car? I think so. Uh, wife just shouted from the kitchen, What do you want for tea, love? Chicken, turkey, lamb or beef? I said lamb. She shouted back, You're having soup. I was talking to the cat. People talk to cats. What would you like to eat? And the cat answers back. Thank you very much indeed. So, we want to know, are you interested in the Madeline book? Will you be buying it? Will you be interested? Are you buying it because you want to know more? Or are you buying it to contribute to the Madeline Fund? Do let us know. 84850 uk. And uh, there's a big feature, strange enough, in the Daily Mail today, uh, on the Jeremy Kyle show, uh, with its freak show mix of titillation on on-air brawls. A judge called it human bear-baiting. So when the cameras stopped rolling, what scars are left behind? And they found a couple, Chris Lyons and his mother, Andy, wish they'd never appeared with Jeremy Kyle. But that's the trouble. You know what the show is. Don't act surprised afterwards. You know, you are aware of exactly what they do on the show. They bring horrible people on and, and they talk about horrible things. And, it's, and they're just not nice. So we sit there and we think, oh, thank God, they're not in our family. All the people are ugly. They all fight. They've all got loads of children. They all want DNA tests to find out who the father is. It's the same format every day. But to be honest with you, it's become a little bit tedious. Little bit tedious. But there you go. I'm sure it entertains somebody. Who? I've got no idea. 14 to 6. These are the headlines. Ministers will meet across the Cabinet table later. For the first time since the Liberal Democrats suffered election losses and had their AV campaign rejected. Deputy Prime Minister Nick Clegg has turned his attention to NHS reforms, saying his MPs will vote against them if significant changes aren't made. 
At least four NATO airstrikes have hit the Libyan capital Tripoli overnight. One hit a parliament building, but there are no reports of any injuries yet. And Terminator star Arnold Schwarzenegger and his wife of 25 years, Maria Shriver, are separating. They say this has been a time of great personal and professional transition for each of them, and it's a mutual decision. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. Well, the problems continue on the North Saint. We've got a couple of girls here who uh, have uh, not faced jail. They'll be given ASBOs, and uh, they could go to jail if they're caught acting in an antisocial manner. Uh, they're two of life's low lives, I'm afraid. Amanda Holt and Tory Duxbury. Uh, they were part of a of a group called the White Burke. Well, they were nicknamed the White Burke Witches, and uh, they went out there and they terrorised a neighbourhood. Uh, they're particularly pathetic specimens. Tory is 15 and Amanda 16, mental age, about that of a cabbage, I think. And they caused brawls involving crowds of up to 30. They held abuse at residents. They daubed anti-police slogans on walls. Yesterday, after police lost patience with their stone-throwing insults and vandalism, the pair were named and shamed and told they faced ASBOs in a potential prison sentence if they didn't fall into line. They call themselves the White Burke Bitches after the deprived area of Blackburn, where they carried out their campaign of abuse. Rather pathetic little twosome. It's a shame this programme doesn't reach them and they can hear just how pathetic we think both of them are. Little Tory with her little face written with bitches on it. A rather stupid, limited intelligence girl. And Amanda Holt, a little sort of short, fat thing who just trailed along behind like a complete dodo bird, I'm afraid. Uh, when she was uh, arrested, Duxbury posed for her police mug shot with WBB still emblazoned across her cheeks in pen. It's not so... I mean, they, they held abuse at newsagents, shouted racial abuse at shop, at the usual sort of things. You know, whereas really you just wanted to have one of those zappers from Star Wars to go, oh, you've gone. Oh, what a shame. You know, you want to go around and find out what, what sort of parents these girls have got. Because you're not telling me that their parents don't know what their children are doing. They nearly tormented one resident to death. Every time he turned up outside his house, they screamed at him. They screamed at him. In fact, he was so frightened in the end, he, he left his lights off at home and used to activate his mobile phone so that he could see his way around the house because he was so frightened to go home. And you think, these, this pair of filth are out there terrorising people, elderly people, just, just about anybody. Just about anybody could get their hands on. So now they've been named and shamed because the police, quite clearly, they had thrown a brick at a passing car and almost injured a baby, lobbed rocks at the window of a resident and, uh, and lit fireworks in people's gardens. So now uh, they've got overnight curfews, they're banned from seeing each other, and they could face jail if they're caught acting in an antisocial manner or inciting others to do the same. Stupid little bit. You know, it's a t- you really want to go up there with a the film crew and just sort of film them and go, you really are pathetic, aren't you? You're not even grown up. Just, you know, you just have to, to learn how to, to grow up, I'm afraid. But uh, in the meantime, I should imagine the residents up there are breathing a sigh of relief. But, uh, that they're all... They're fa- well, that, as I say, they're not actually locked up yet, but it's, it can't be far off it. Oh, the good news is there's a miracle cure for baldness on the way. Just in case you were thinking to yourself, you know, how, you know, can I do this? Can I get... Is there a cure for baldness? We've seen various people. Jason Gardner, of course, has got his hair transplant. Who did I speak to the other day? Somebody else has had a hair transplant. And, and I always think to myself, is it going to work? People worry, don't they, about losing their hair. Better things to worry about, I think, than losing your hair. Kelly Brook, of course, after losing her baby, and then Lily Allen and Amanda Holden. A lot of people lose... Is it, is it the time? Is it, is it the, the weather? What is it that makes people miscarry? I've got no idea. It's just awful when it's in the papers, and they have to live through it. 
Uh, Amanda Holden is smiling again, so that's good news, and Lily has, has tried to put it behind her. And now poor old Kelly Brook, looking forward to the birth of her first baby. Kate Middleton's hairdresser has revealed he practised her wedding hairstyle. What was it a practice? It, was, it wasn't that elaborate. It was just, just blow-dried. It didn't look... Oh, I have to check it suits. Uh, what, like the hats from Philip Treacy? I thought it looked all right, her hair. No, not like the hats from Philip Treacy. So in the, in the end, he used a £6.50 plastic tiara so he could get the hair looking right before they put on the... however much the other tiara cost, which I think was a bit more than £6.50. I think you're talking, at, you know, quite a lot more money. But you have to try that, don't you? Women, women before they get married, for some reason, go in... Blokes don't. Women go in there and they have the tryout of the hairstyle. We'll have the tryout of the hairstyle and makeup. So the bride and the bridesmaids will, will go into the hairdressers for the day and, and they, they sit there and somebody go, Right, so how do you feel that you want your hair? Well, what would you like done to. Oh, really? And so you sit there going through books, picking out the style you think would be right, and then they look at your face, hopefully, and they go, Yeah, you can have that done with it or have it piled on your head like a cottage loaf. And then if we put some diamonds in it, are you going to be wearing a veil? Okay, let's bring in the veil, let's try that with it, see what that looks like. And if we lift it up, it's not. No, it's going to mess it up, isn't it? Uh, right, let's try something different. But in the case of, uh, in the case of her hair, I just thought they blowed right it down. It didn't look anything particularly elaborate. She had little extensions put in, but that wouldn't make any difference to a tiara stuck on the head. Very strange. Um, this instant baldness cure... can't be an instant baldness cure, can there? Because people would be, would be buying it. They say here, it's that uh, the treatment um, will be available to patients with thinning hair uh, to increase its density. And they're going to be injected... They've got 20 British patients injected with whatever this stuff is, a mixture of uh, platelet-rich plasma taken from their own blood and acel, a powder extracted from pig's bladders. And so they're going to inject this into your head. takes about 20 minutes. And, of course, it's a private clinic in Harley Street who are doing it, so it's, it's not going to be cheap, I suspect. This is going to be quite expensive, because if you're bald, you have to, you have to pay the price... And they say here, it's as close as we've come to a cure for male baldness. I thought the only cure was castration, somebody told me. It's a little bit drastic, but that's what happens. It's the, it's the testosterone, isn't it? And they say here, people like Harry Hill could have a full head of hair. You might find Harry Hill doesn't want a full head of hair. He's probably quite happy the way he is. So he's made a career out of not having hair. There's lots of people who've made a career out of not having hair. The treatment first forms a protective barrier around healthy hair-growing cells to prevent further loss. Then it duplicates the surrounding tissue, which means that if there are any healthy hair-growing stem cells near the treatment area, they'll be duplicated and hair will return. I think that's the theory. Whether it works in practice, I don't know. You know, it depends. I mean, if, if you're a bald person, do you, do you worry? Do you, do you worry about not having any hair? Do you, do, you, do you look in the mirror and think, oh, I wish I had hair? Or, or do you not bother about it? I would love to know. I would love to know. <laughs> because it's, it's, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. And I, and I know a lot of other people, they don't... You know, obviously it'd be nice to have hair, but pff, you haven't got it, you haven't got it. It's like, you know, would you like to be taller? Yes. Would you like to be thinner? Yes. Or would you like to be fatter if you're thin? Would you like a smaller nose? Yeah, everybody wants something. Everybody, everybody wants something different. Nobody is absolutely happy with the way that they are. They always want something different. I mean, the whole idea is you just have to make make the best of, of what you've got. Uh, another one here. This is an Olympic swimmer who was buried 
up to his neck in sand on a Florida beach for two hours while rescuers tried to get him out. Austrian Jakob Mali is said to have spent much of Sunday digging a hole that was seven feet deep and six feet wide. He then jumped into the hole, apparently as a joke, for friends. But his prank put him in grave danger as the sand collapsed around him. The Pompano Beach Fire Rescue team and Sandra King said that the young swimmer was in danger of being crushed. They first had to board up the sand to stop his head being buried in a further collapse. He was conscious when he was finally freed and talking at about 9pm, taken to hospital and... uh, and, and he's all right now. The Austrian team had been training in Florida since April. Because we did that. D- did you do that? There used to be um, an advert on the television done by a friend of mine. And it was a father on the beach. And it was the kid and he buried the car. And the kid said to, the, the father said to the kid, all right, I give up. He said, well, you buried the car. Because kids used to dig holes. And then you bury your feet, didn't you? And then, then your parents would cover it over. And then, if you were lucky, they dug a deep enough hole. And you've sort of buried everything. Uh, Colette says, regarding the McCanns, does anybody remember Ben Needham? I don't recall him being found. No, I'm afraid, no. And, you know, one here. I wouldn't buy this book. No self-respecting parent would leave three kids unattended. I'm glad I was never a patient of these two uncaring doctors. I don't think they saw it as uncaring. I think what they saw it as, as, you know, they'd been out for dinner before. You know, it was a complex. The trouble is, you just don't think, do you? You do not think that something like that is going to happen. Lydia says, I won't be buying the Kate McCann book. Hundreds of children go missing every day, but not as much fuss is made of them. I think people are now losing interest in the story, which is a shame, but it's true. Steve, I wouldn't buy the book. Why would you do such a thing? I don't think it's right to make money off such a sad event. Well, they need to make money for the Madeleine McCann fund to further... You know, if somebody says, we think we've seen her here and she's been moved to this place. But they just don't know. It's all it's all clutching at straws and it's all a little bit desperate. I love this one. Changing the subject completely. I was in the pub with the wife last night and I said, I love you. She said, is that you or the beer talking? I said, it's me talking to the beer. It's an old gag, but if it can put a smile on your face first thing in the morning, it's lovely. 84850, uk. So, uh, so don't, don't go to the beach, don't dig a hole, don't try and bury yourself, because it could all be uh, completely awful. And here they go. Oh, it's old Louis Tussauds Waxworks in Blackpool. This is where they've had a five-month shutdown and a revamp by the London-based Tussauds. And uh, now, uh, they, the, all the, the people have had makeouts because they're totally unrecognisable. It was the world's worst waxworks. You know, if me and her next door had made people, they would have looked a lot better. And so they've, they've tried to make recognisable versions. And now they say 2,000 people a day are turning up to see Bet Lynch. The reason they're saying this is because they've only just reopened and they're trying to get interest in Blackpool to go to a waxworks. I've been to the beach there. It looks the same. Great Britain is soon to host the... Morning, team. Uh, seven minutes past six. Tuesday morning in London town, May the 10th. And uh, we're asking you the question this morning in light of the Madeline book by Kate McCann. Would you buy it? Would you buy it? They're saying in the sun it's, it's uh, £18, but you can go to Amazon, you can get it for £9. Would you buy it? The money presumably goes to the Madeline McCann fund, or have you had enough of it? And interestingly enough, most of you 
would not buy it. Most of you not buy it. One here from Rosalyn, who says, as a mother, and now a grandmother, I cannot even imagine what the McCanns are going through, but it just goes to show that no amount of intellect, both doctors, can replace common sense. Children are the most precious things we'll ever have. Would Kate McCann have left a million pounds worth of jewellery in the holiday home with the door open? I think not. Having said that, my heart goes out to them. But would you buy the book? Would you buy the book to, to sort of, to keep the, uh, the fund going? That would be interesting. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Little known fact from Paul. A little bit of trivia about one of your favourite films. The smallest show on earth. And we haven't got the words of the, uh, of the chip song yet. No. Um, I've already told you that the exterior of the posh cinema, the grand, was the Hammersmith Apollo. But now found the inside with the organ is the Odeon Richmond. Went there last year. The main screen, very nice, if you haven't been. Also, recent Pancras. I worked at its sister hotel in Manchester for many years. Over 100 years old and often on TV. Still stands next to the station, which is now the GMEX Centre. Thank you, Paul, very much indeed for that one. It's always nice to have the uh, trivial brought up. And uh, Peter says, Great show. Being bald is the best thing. Ladies like it. Saves me money to spend on the ladies. There you go, you see, so you don't need to... See, because I don't think people are as worried about baldness as everybody else thinks they are. I think the majority of people have said, listen, I've learnt to live with it, so they bring out a cure. No, they're going to look at me and go, what, have you got on your head? They're not going to believe it's your own hair, are they? They're going to think you've stuck a toupee on. This is after the story in the paper today that says, they think they've found a cure for baldness. Well, it's the nearest thing that they've found yet, and it involves injecting parts of a pig's bladder into your hair with bits of your blood, and it t- only takes 20 minutes. It's, it's, well, it sounds horrible. Whatever it is, somebody's going to be sticking a needle in the top of your head. I don't quite get that, but they've, they've, they've sort of said that's the way forward if you want... But it's not going to work for... If you haven't got any hair on your head, it's not going to work. What it will do is, they say, make thinning hair look thicker. Well, wear a hat. Wear a hat. Much easier. Going back to Kate on Twitter... She says, I started an account there to please my beloved little granddaughter. Long story short, we've never actually tweeted a single word, yet have been informed a few times that people are following us. Unless any of them is Mr Frencham, uh, these people are total strangers. Strange being the point, because what are they following? Perhaps I should reward them with an occasional little gem. Yes, I often wonder what people are following nothing that's on there for. Why would you, why would you follow nothing? Do you think they, I mean, how do they find out? That's what I want to know. I'm always curious as to how people find out that somebody twitters and then they go, oh, oh, let's follow this one. So immediately they sort of, they link themselves onto you. And before you know where you are, you've got all these people who are following you, but they don't really know what they're following. I was talking to Nick Majerison about this and I think he's got 1,600 Twitter followers or something like that. And, um, and I said, oh, I said, do you know them? And he said, no. I said, oh, right. I said, it's a bit like Facebook. He said, no, you'd love Facebook. He said, you'd really love Facebook. And I kept saying, no, I wouldn't. Why would I love Facebook? I can't think of anything. Yeah, everybody says, I'll be upset. Even her next door, she goes, oh, you'd be obsessed by it. Why? Why do you think I, in particular, would be obsessed? Oh, because you can spy on people. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm not into spying on people. I'm not so. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in that kind of thing. Uh, Dawn saw Adamant at Shepherd's Bush. In, at Bush Hall, he was amazing. She said, I was standing right at the front barrier. And uh, she sent a picture as well of the view she had of Adam. You're probably going to laugh because we got there 75 minutes before the door opened. Door opened at 7.30 and Adam was on at 8.50 after a support act. There were about 10 people in front of us in the queue. She obviously loves it. I mean, but if you really want to guarantee you're going to get to the front. Adam was very with it tonight. No signs of his problems, but uh, well under control. Great selection of songs. 24 in all. 
I managed to get my hands on a set list. God, I tell you, she's, she's got some memorabilia. She's got some frontless girl. And uh, there was a warm-up gig for his uh, upcoming tour. This is. Can't wait to see him on tour in Glasgow and York. It would be great if you did an in-conversation with him. You mentioned the other day you'd like to do him. He's off on tour, though, soon. Lots of dates all over the place. And I'm going to see him this Wednesday at the Prince Charming Review film screening at the Coronet Cinema. He's supposed to be doing a half-hour acoustic set after the film and then a, a Q&A session. And then just to add even more mystery, she says, I thought the illusion with the blocks, which you put on Twitter, was very clever. I couldn't work out how it was done. And that's how we like it. We don't want people to work these things out, do we? That'd be terrible. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk with a Madeleine McCann book out called Madeleine. It's out in a couple of days. Would you buy it? Would you be interested in buying it? Do let me know. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Peter Andres, I say, is looking out for staff because uh, he's going to open a coffee bar. So he's looking for the best baristas. I think they're called baristas. I thought they were just called... Polish coffee makers, because they're all Polish. They're all Polish. I've only ever been in twice to a Starbucks and discovered... And all of them, in all of them, they're, they're Polish. They're particularly good at doing coffee. But it's all Polish. I wonder why that is. I wonder why that is. Cher Lloyd, good Lord, still going, love, has been tattooed for the 10th time, despite, despite being under 18. Well, who's she finding to tattoo her? She's not 18 yet. She's only 17. And uh, she's been recording for her debut album in Miami. I think we're interested, love, I'm afraid. I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of uh, finished. And this story... Now, how many days have I been telling you this now? Pippa Middleton offered £3 million to star in a, in a porn film. How many... What have I been telling you now? Three days, four days about this story? As if anybody from the royal family is ever, ever going to accept money for that kind of thing. It's just not going to happen. It is just not going to happen. And remember I told you yesterday about the, the fix in Britain's Got Talent, where they brought on... Uh, this boy band, New Bounce. These were the these were the, the black kids who came on, who completely screwed up the song, and then they were they were told, "Listen, uh, Amanda said, stop, 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 stop. Have you got something else you can sing?" And you know, surprise, surprise, ladies and gentlemen, they had something else that they could sing, and surprise, surprise, they got put through. Well, it's an even bigger fix than you imagine, because far from portraying each other as amateurs who just sang in each other's bedrooms, they've appeared in the Michael Jackson tribute show Thriller Live. In fact, they're actually well-versed in shows. One of them's even been on The X Factor as a backing singer for, uh, for Joe McKeldry. So, not so innocent as you think. Going to prove that the programme is one big fiddle. But it's entertaining fiddling. But what you cannot have in the show, and I've said before, is when you've got kids who come on and they screw it up, you don't give them a second chance. You get that one chance. Can you imagine somebody going on to the Royal Variety performance and, you know, Catherine Jenkins starts to go, oh, I'm terribly sorry. We'll have to start that again. I've completely missed McHugh. Marge, I did see Meatloaf do that on a Royal Variety performance, but we thought he was, he was off with the Pixies. So, um, I don't think that they should be given second opportunities. They didn't give it to a rapper. Why did they give it to these kids? In other words, they're, they're making up the rules as they go along. I don't know, do you have another song? How lucky we have. And was it an a cappella song? Yes, how lucky for you. But, you know... It, all the way through, it's got the word smacks of a fiddle over the top of it. And it's, it, you can't let it happen. If you're going to let everybody sing twice, then let them all sing twice. Don't just do selective groups. Quarter past six. News headlines, Sam Pittis. It's expected significant changes will have to be made to NHS reforms after till now. Can't help feeling that footballers laugh at us. There's a footballer here who uh, plays for Manchester City. His name is Mario Balotelli. He's had his, <coughs> excuse me, supercar seized by the police for the 28th time. 
The 20... What they generally do is these these footballers go out. He's only 20, so he's not, not particularly bright. Uh, he was doing antisocial driving hours after City's 2-1 defeat. He's alleged to have gone through a red light in his white Maserati at 7pm. A Greater Manchester police spokesman says it emerged that the driver had been warned previously about a Section 59 offence, so his car was impounded. And what they do is, you know, sometimes they just park them on double yellow light. They couldn't care less. Because somebody from the club will go down and pick it up and bring it back for them. Because it's almost like having servants on hand. So all these sort of footballers and Mario Balotelli, as I say, having your car seized maybe once, twice, a little bit remiss. 28 times means you're a complete and utter idiot. It's as simple as that. And uh, so here he is. I mean, 20 years old, but with the brain capacity of a pea. Might better kick a ball, but I don't think it's that clever kicking balls. You know, some people are very good at it. Some people aren't very good at it. He's obviously quite good at it. But the rest of it, he's just a 20-year-old child, which is a great shame. So the question this morning, would you buy the Madeleine McCann book? You know, whether it's £9 or, or £20. Susan says, in South Africa, Michaela Hunter was kidnapped as a newborn baby and found two years later. This book, if nothing else, will keep Madeleine in the public eye for a while longer. Yes, I think it will. I think we will, we will still be talking about Madeleine McCann. But nobody said they'll buy it yet. We can't find anybody who wants to buy this thing. Carl says, wouldn't accept their book as a gift. Poor Madeleine should be allowed to rest in peace. It's all getting very unhealthy. Well, see, the, the, the trouble is on this... We don't know what's happened to her. They don't know. We don't know. There was no CCTV operator. I mean, I can only tell you the bare facts. They, they go out for dinner with friends on a site and they leave the kids there. As somebody said, would you leave all your money spread about on a bed with your passport and jewellery and go out and leave the door open? Answer, no, you wouldn't. But that's the mistake they've had to live with for, for the past goodness knows how long, I'm afraid. And it's, it's a shame, really, that... You know, it, it's just, it's ruined their lives. And they've had a lot of money donated. I think they had over two and a half million pounds donated, most of which has gone. It's been wasted on lawyers and people who go, yes, well, I'm sure I can do this. And all sorts of faith healers and psychics and loonies come forward and say, oh, yeah, I, I'm sure I know where she is. I've seen her in a dream. And, and it, it just gets a little bit embarrassing. Rosalind said, I've just emailed you about the McCann's. I've got to say, I won't be buying the book. They've already spent a fortune looking for her, and unfortunately, I don't think any amount of money will find her. I still think of poor little Ben Needham. He never had this kind of coverage. He did get a lot of coverage, Ben Needham. They kept putting pictures down of what they thought he was going to look like now. Uh, and they've attempted to do in, in some of the papers over the past years uh, pictures of what they think Madeline would look like. But as I say, I could walk past her in Leicester Square and have the faintest idea. If you saw a child going past with, you know, a mum and a dad and a brother, or something, you wouldn't think about it, would you? You wouldn't think, oh... That's Madeleine McCann, because we don't know what she looks like. So that's, that's why it's so, it's so terribly tragic. And, and as I've said before on the programme, we have thousands of children that go missing every year. Thousands of children. You know, little two, three, four-year-olds. And, and they never get any coverage, some of these people. They just vanish. They just disappear. We've got no idea. Brian in Hampton Hill says, I do have an instant cure for baldness. A hat. And Fee says, I fancy bald men. Big bald men. Sadly, none in Crystal Palace. Well, I don't know, you're not looking hard enough, are you? I should imagine. Uh, Mark in Putney says, thank you for informing that yet another cure for being a slaphead has just been discovered for about the thousandth time. Yes, the moment I said it was, it was available in a private clinic is the moment everybody goes, now that's not going to be cheap. They're not going to be giving this away on the NHS because things like that cost money. Uh, Paula in Southampton says, I wouldn't buy the Kate McCann book. And Twitter is for people who have too much time on their hands. I've never tried it. I don't want to. Paul says, surely Madeline will be recognised 
Um, uh, he says, no, I will not buy the book. I will not buy the book. Which, which, I mean, it's a shame, really, because she's doing lots of publicity, Kate McCann, but it's, it's maybe some of the stories on the front page of the papers. I said earlier on, at the beginning of the programme, the Sun headline, I couldn't make love to Jerry. I'm afraid it's just taking it a little bit too far. I don't want to know that kind of thing. I, re- I mean, I'm, I'm sure it might be true, but don't really want to know about it at all. Uh, Blue, because I think we've got uh, Eurovision this weekend, haven't we? I think we're doomed. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's this weekend, and the reunited foursome are planning a trip to the country capital, Nashville, after they do Euro battle in Dusseldorf. So they're going to go to Eurovision. Actually, why don't you just cut out the middleman, guys, and go straight to Nashville? Because I've listened to the song again. First time I heard it, I thought it was OK. I've seen it being performed a couple of times on, on television. And, and I'm not totally of the opinion that I think it's a winner. It starts weak. I quite like the chorus. Jed would, of course... I don't think they're going to get anywhere. Unless the Europeans are going to go, they are so funny. They are so... Without realising, they are like that. They're not putting on an act... They are actually as as mad as that, I'm afraid. And Kimberly Walsh has launched something that's going to change your lives forever tonight. What is it? It's the Euro Millions. It now runs on Tuesday. And um, 85 million quid tonight. And as uh, Ollie was saying the other day, 85 million, too much money. I'm saying, never too much money. 85 million pounds. Just think, you could you could do all sorts of things, couldn't you? You could... I was having a discussion with my friend Helena last night over what you'd do with 85 million. I said, I'll give you a couple of hundred quid. I said, don't worry there. I said, I'd, I'd put your petrol in your tank for a few weeks. I don't know what you'd do with 85 million. I think, I think we, we, we could have, between now and the end of the programme, fantasy lottery spend, which is where you think what you're going to do with the money. How many people would you help? How many new extra friends would you have? How many people could you give money to and say, right, this is, this is going to change your life? You know, you want to go and sit, I don't know, on the beach at Hove or Brighton or something, staring out to sea or, you know, charter a yacht or do, do all sorts of things. I don't really know what you'd end up doing with 85 million. But Ollie thought it was way too much money on Sunday. He said, no, he said, he said a million would be nice. He said, and, and then 84 million goes to charity. I said, I'd be gutted if I entered a competition that was to win 85 million and it turned out to be a million and the 84 million went to charity. I said, nobody would play a game like that, because that's a bit boring. 85 million is life-changing. I mean, it's completely life-changing. It's not just for you, but for, there's no point, is there, in sort of a pensioner who's 77 from Wisbeach, who's lived in the same house for the past 45 years, winning 85 million. What are they going to do with it? Spend it on the allotment? Lots of people who win the money, they say, listen, just sit back and, and look at it for a while and then decide what you're going to do. I don't I know exactly what I'd be doing. I'd be going down and having the biggest hot dog in the whole wide world with with onions on it and tomato ketchup and it would be a proper sausage none of these sort of you know cheap sausages <laughs> eight for eight five oh steve at lbc.co.uk eastenders is blonk 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 eastenders is blonk 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 what is it oh no sorry just blonk blonk eastenders is blonk blonk no is no two words is is brilliant is well i mean is is brilliant no it's too white People are complaining, and they say it does not reflect real London life. Head of drama John York said the soap does not accurately portray the mix of ethnic minorities in the capital. And he said, because I don't think we've got any Polish people in there, have we? I haven't seen any Polish people, so perhaps we need to get some Polish people in. And uh, and he says here, 
real life changes more quickly than representations of it on television. So you can imagine, every sort of ethnic actor's agent is now going to be going, whoopee, and quickly writing in, look, why don't you put my... I've got a great actor here. You know, we haven't got any Polish people in. Let's have some Polish people in. And, and they're getting a Polish character... Oh, right. And, and have you noticed, there's no Starbucks. Must be the only place, no Starbucks. I mean, how is this possible? Nick Ferrari at breakfast with thetimes.com. Just everywhere in the uh, the sun this morning, the Madeleine McCann story. The question I'm asking you, because the book is out in a couple of days, is would you buy it? And it seems that more than 99% of you would not buy the book. Doesn't matter how much it costs. Um, or, and if you wouldn't buy it, why would you not buy it? Or if you would buy it, tell me why you buy it. Uh, Delia says the mother of three young children, all under two and a half. I'm tempted to buy the Madeleine book because I just cannot comprehend the madness that possessed them to go out and leave the children unattended. Well, I remember saying at the time, at the risk of sounding like the, the old gramophone record, whenever we've taken my godchildren out, when they were young, they came out, and if they were in pushchairs, their pushchair came out as well. You'd never left them. It'd be like going down the road and, and going out for dinner and just leaving them in the house by themselves. You wouldn't do that. So they sat there, they had something to eat, and if they fell asleep, they fell asleep. But, and I thought that was on holiday. Every time we'd been on holiday... You take the kids with you, and at the end of a long day, if they've been swimming and they've been in the sun, they fall asleep quite naturally, sometimes just over the table. But you see that in all the restaurants, because most places abroad, and especially Portugal, are very family-friendly. You know, they really are family-friendly. They encourage families to go out there, and the kids sit up, and they, you know, if they're old enough, they play. And that's how it works. So, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I couldn't comprehend the madness that would involve just leaving children in there. But what would you do? What would you do? Would you buy the book? Barbara says, definitely won't be buying the book. Although I expect it was very cathartic for Kate McCann to write. Too much information. I don't want to know about anybody else's sex lives. I've always wondered, in fact, uh, if Madeline was actually abducted from the hotel room. Could she not have been awoken by the noise of one of the visiting parents closing the door as they left and decided to go out and find Mummy and Daddy? Because they do that. I remember, you know, as a kid, you know, you're sort of lying there and you sort of just dotted off to sleep and the parents go out and they shut the door and then you wait, okay... And all of a sudden you think, wait a minute, where are they? So you open the door and you might go out for a walk. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you. She says, I mean, in, in a holiday resort, apparently known for its readily available childcare facilities, well, they didn't have on this particular... Apparently, everybody was using it, so it was up to the gunnels. But she said, I cannot understand how two highly educated medical professionals even think it's OK to leave three toddlers under the age of four alone in a hotel room. Well, they thought they were asleep. As I say, there's this if, 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 but Barbara's another one of those who's added her weight to the conversation by saying that she wouldn't buy the book. Yvonne in Telford raises the other point that uh, says, if they were on benefits and lost a child, can you imagine what it'd be like when they came home? Yes, we, we, did, we did wonder at the time whether or not, because they were middle-class professionals, whether or not they got different treatment in the press from somebody, maybe a single mother who'd been over there, been out boozing left the child in the room, and then and people can go on, what a bad mother you are. Because they're middle-class professionals, we appear to treat the McCanns differently. But is, is it actually any, any, any different at all? 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. Janet says, I've just been listening to the McCann comments, we went on a Mark Warner holiday when our children were small, and parents were told they could leave the children in bed while they had dinner. They either had a limited babysitting service or a service where members of the staff would walk by the rooms every ten minutes and listen at the door. Well, strangely enough, I was, it's funny you should mention this, listening at the door, because even in Heidi High, 
they were operating this all those years ago at the holiday camp where they had a baby listening service and the staff would walk backwards and forwards. If they heard a baby crying, they would then go round with a board going, you know... Butlins used to operate it, all the all holiday camps. And you'd go there and they'd go, baby crying, chalet 14, you get... Oh, and she'd so go back there, but people kept an eye on them. It appear not to do that here. Um, 84850. Uh, Ryan says, your previous texter says she like Texter says she liked big, bald men. She can have my brother-in-law. <laughs> He's a big, bald man, is he? Uh, many of your listeners, says Sandy, are scathing of the McCanns. They have to live with their bad decision. Can't people show a little compassion and stop criticising them? Well, it's it's the... It's the, it's the, it's the mistake that they made, and the amount of money which has gone into the Madeleine McCann fund, and it's a case of, would any more money going into the fund solve the problem? Would they ever find Madeleine? The answer is, they don't know. They don't know any more than we know. We're all in exactly the same position. Chrissy in Manchester says, 85 million, I would set up family and friends for life, donate to charity, and buy my own international radio station starring you if I could afford you. Oh, you could definitely afford me. You could definitely afford me. I mean, I'm, I'm cheap. I'm cheap. In terms of radio, I'm cheap. Sue in Shepparton said, EastEnders, there is a Polish girl, carer, for Dot Cotton. I saw Dot doing something the other day, June, and she was... Was she interviewing for a carer? Oh, right. Oh, that's why. Sylvie says, I'd buy the book. There you go. So we found about... We, we don't know why you'd buy the book. You just buy the book. Because it's only, it's only £9 on, on Amazon. It's interesting, uh, your, your thoughts on this one. Uh, Phil says, I won't be buying the book. Phil, sorry for the other kids. All this news about Madeline must be a stain on family life. It's interesting, that, that point that was raised, though, isn't it, of the fact that if, if it had been a single mother and she'd been out boozing and staggered back in the early hours of the morning drunk and discover her, her child had gone and she lived on a council estate in Withenshaw or wherever it happens to be, you know, would she have been picked on by the press? Absolutely. They'd have ripped her apart. You know, it's, it is terrible. Uh, just tuned in and heard your Madeline discussion. In my circle, hackles rise whenever this uh, subject is brought up and I'm yet to meet a mother who sympathises with them. I sent the following thoughts to a newspaper that carried a write-up about the book yesterday. The McCanns must have been aware of the alleged below-par security arrangements at the uh, resort. Everybody says exactly the same. I'm yet to meet a mother who can comprehend how educated parents can leave small children for that length of time every night of the holiday and remain with friends enjoying a drink at the bar. 11.50pm, taking turns to check on the children every half an hour. How could they enjoy a, a meal in such circumstances? You're right, and it was quite a walk, wasn't it? And you'd, you'd get indigestion. Phrases such as a mother's thoughtfulness, the McCann's very human face use. I'm sorry, says Geraldo, but I see it as a highly irresponsible behaviour. It is difficult not to become emotional and to wonder why the parents could not have dinner in their apartment or one at a time with their friends. Were their friends not concerned about the children being on their own? Well, I don't know. That's, they have talked to the friends. It's, it's, it, it really brings out all sorts of things in, in people. And at the end of the day, they've got to live with it. The question we ask is, will you be buying Kate McCann's book? 84850, uk. Uh, Debbie says, can you describe your ideal purchase that you'd make from Country Life magazine with 85 million? Now, strange you should ask this, because I was looking, Debbie, yesterday at Country Life, and it must have been last week's, because it was a Cotswold one, and there's some lovely... Pro- I kept looking at these lovely properties, and then I spoke to my friend Helena, and then I thought probably what I'd do is I'd go down with, with Chris and Sharon and buy a big house for all of us, and we'd probably end up living in Essex, in the wilds of Essex. I know... <laughs> It sounds a bit bizarre, I know. 
But we would, yes. And, and there'd be a big house with a barn, and it would have... What would it have? It would have a barn and, and an indoor swimming pool and an entertainment complex, and, uh, and the kids would have friends round, and, and life would be just nice and quiet, very rural, and you'd have to have gardeners in. Mind you, I'm not saying that would cost 85 million in Essex, but I'm saying we'd, we'd go a little bit of a way to... And I'd like to make sure as well, because I, I do charity... They do charity. And I'd like to make sure that certain things... I'd like to make sure that the newspapers were aware that you were available to give money to them. So, in other words, if there was a disaster, like a tsunami or, or something terrible, then you would help there. And you would do that bit. And they, they'd better phone you up and say, have you got any money to get? And I could say, well, listen, I, c- I can give you 20,000 quid or 50,000 or whatever it happens to be. I'd like to, I'd like to sponsor Noel Edmonds to do his Christmas programme every year. And to, because it always makes me cry, the blooming thing. Every year, I can't help it. It just, um, I'm terrible like that. Karen says, I'm now well into my 40s, and I can remember when I was about seven or eight, and my older sister was about 12, that when we were on family holidays in Spain, my parents would leave us asleep in the rooms and go down to the hotel for a drink with friends. It was never thought to be a problem back then. In Butlins, they would use the baby service like you spoke about. Yes, I remember when I was, oh, must have been about 11 or 12, we still had a babysitter. If my parents went out for a dinner party for the night, there would be a babysitter. And they would, you know, it didn't matter. My parents, they just wouldn't have left us by ourselves. It was bound to be arguments, I would think. Lotto win, 85 million. Not too much. There's flats in London. More than that. I'd give some to my closest friends, revamp my flat, buy property, long cruise and give to charity. There you go. Uh, Nicholas would buy the book. I think we have to be a bit more generous spirited to the McCanns. OK, so if you buy the McCanns book, Nicholas, just playing devil's advocate, would you buy... A book if Ben Needham's mother wrote a book about Ben Needham going missing and all the other children. If there was a book that came out about all the missing children, the thousands that go missing every year, would you buy that book? Because if you buy one because you're interested and because you're concerned, then you'd have to buy the others as well. Uh, Rita says it's all very sad, but I can't imagine that possessed them to leave Madeline alone. I wouldn't dream of it. I'm sorry. Kate says I won't be buying the book. I've got two children. Wouldn't leave them alone at home, much less in a foreign country. Stephen Warwickshire wouldn't buy it. It's amazing how many of you would not buy it. This is just an instant, a dipstick survey this morning. Uh, Kate again says, the thing that gets me is when somebody has a big lottery win and says, I won't buy a new house or car, and of course, I'll still get up at five every day to go to my job cleaning the sewers. What made them buy a ticket? No, No, the line is, Kate, it'll never change me. And you think, well, give it back then. Give it back, because the whole idea of winning life-changing money is to change you. You know, in her case, next door, from Amanda to, to maybe George or Brian or something like that. I'd like to take her to Switzerland and see what they could do. You know, a little bit of reconstructive surgery. She'd come back to sort of somebody, you know, have her taller and wider and all sorts of things like that. Sort of dark, crinkly hair, I think. It'd be a lot of fun. But no, it's, the whole idea is it should change it. Mike Dickin used to be in LBC years ago. He said the same. He said he used to get annoyed with people saying, oh, it's not going to change us. And you'd have a couple sitting there in their little council house saying, it's not going to change us. They won two million. He said, well, give it back. Don't buy the ticket in the first place. If there's a ticket for a lottery and the prize is 85 million, that's what you want to win. It's like, if, if, if there's a ticket for a lottery and the first prize is a bottle of wine, you don't want to win the box of chocolates, do you? Or the bath salts. You want the bottle of wine or the bottle of whiskey. And so if there's a lottery and they say it's 85 million, I want to win 85 million. But the odds are so awful and they're so stacked against you that, again, it will probably roll over if it goes to somebody in Belgium as I'm boycotting the country. I don't want to be racist or mean in any way, shape or form, but I do think, as I said yesterday, it's our lottery. It's our money. We seem to pump most of it in there. Quarter to seven. (laughs) 
News headlines with Sam Pittis. It's expected that significant changes will have to be made to NHS. Morning, everybody. everybody. Nice to have your company. Do you remember, says George, sweet cigarettes, coffee shops with jukeboxes, home milk delivery in glass bottles, newsreels before the film, pea shooters, hi-fi, metalised trays with levers, blue flash bulbs, cork pop guns and wash tub ringers. If you remembered up to three of them, you're still young. If you remembered three to six of them, you're getting older. If you remembered seven to ten of those, don't tell your age. And if you remembered 11 to 14 of them, you're positively ancient. So the majority of you now going, I'm positively ancient, I'm afraid. Not particularly good, is it? Not particularly good. Uh, I see that uh, Mark Wright of Essex fame... No, no idea, never mind. Uh, likes to stay at the Mayfair Hotel. Have you noticed that all the NAF ones stay at the Mayfair Hotel? Because it's a haunt favoured by Kerry Katona and Katie Price. I'm totally convinced they all get the discount there. But to be honest with you, any hotel that would want Kerry Katona or Katie Price in, I wouldn't want to stay at, thank you. But he does take his own pillows. And look, we've had a cross-dressing farmer, which is quite nice, isn't it? There you go. A transvestite dairy farmer. It's... It looks quite good. How does he get around in those shoes? Well, he doesn't. When he's on the farm, he wears, he wears his overalls. But then when, he, when he's... He comes from Laybourne in North Yorkshire... And then when he goes out in the evening, he puts on his, his Christian Le Bouton. He's got 16 pairs. Lovely. 16 pairs. He's 57. He made his debut as a, a cross-dressing friend of Audrey Roberts' love interest and made his debut in the cobbles on Thursday. So he's an actor and a, and a farmer. And uh, he says, when I'm working, I'm a gruff, scruffy farmer. But when I go out, I get glammed up. And there's a picture of him glamming up in the metro today, which no doubt everybody's sitting on the train and being like, have we seen this? There's a farmer, a farmer wearing high heels and uh, standing next to a, next to a tractor. Because it could be all sorts of people, can't it? Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, from Abbey. I can understand them wanting to keep Madeline in the public eye, but I won't be buying the book. I still agree with the view at time that if the McCanns were not doctors and professionals, they would have been charged with neglect neglect. Been working with young kids for 25 years. I can't imagine what they're going through, but they shouldn't have left the children to go off for a night out. Uh, from Leone, no parent can relax knowing three children under the age of four. You couldn't relax. Notice how it's drinking for the middle classes and boozing for the single parent. Yes, it would never be called drinking for a single parent. It would be boozed up old, you know, on benefits, so-and-so. Um, Rita says, happy birthday to the better half, Roddy. He's the same age as you today, 21 plus that. Oh, that, that lucky, that lucky. So, happy birthday, Roddy. And, uh, and Rihanna says, if I had 84... Oh, sorry, 8... I don't know what you... 8,400,000, I'd go to Bora Bora and Hawaii for five weeks. It's 85 million tonight. I will buy the books, Steve. I and all my friends feel nothing but sympathy for the McCanns and find it incomprehensible that they inspire irrational hatred in so many. If a mother on benefits was having dinner with friends a hundred yards away and checking on the kids regularly, I don't believe she would have been pilloried. But yes, if she'd been out clubbing and getting blotto. Yvonne said, I would open animal sanctuaries everywhere to help all homeless animals. Fee says, the lady who's got the single bald man as a relative can have my number. What is it with the single bald men today who are over overweight? And uh, Sarah says, at the time Madeline went missing, somebody said to me, it's what you'd expect of a single mum. As a single mum, I was disgusted, as I would never ever consider leaving my boy. Changed how you holiday, and if you have to spend your evenings in a chalet watching TV while your kids sleep, you do it. That's what the majority of people seem to say. It's a very, very, very tiny minority who, um, 
who, uh, who are saying that they, they would buy the book. I mean, it really is. You can count them on one hand so far. Uh, Bob says, why does the uh, McCann woman, Kate, need to tell the world about her lack of lovemaking? As for buying the book, would they buy it if it had been a single mother living on benefits? I'd use the £9 to buy food for the family. It's, it comes down to what you would all do in a similar situation. <clears throat> and it turns out that those of you who went to holiday camps would, uh, would use the babysitting service there. Uh, those of you who've got children, um, as, as you've just heard from Sarah, if, if you go on holiday with the kids, then if you have to sit in, sit in your chalet every night and have dinner with them, then you do that. That's what you have to do. It takes a very brave person, as we've said before, to actually go out, leave the kids there, with the door unlocked. We don't know if little Madeline, at four years old, heard the door close, opened it, only to see her parents walking down the corridor and then walked out. We don't know. That's the trouble. That is the trouble. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Simon Cowell giving a big hug to Paula Abdul as she arrives in LA. He loves it over in LA, doesn't he? He absolutely loves it over there. And Lady Gaga says she worries about dying before sharing all her music. Nice thing to worry about, isn't it, on a Tuesday? No need to worry about things like that. Uh, other stories in the papers today. It's Paul Kelly Brook on the front of the Metro uh, as she's being comforted by family and friends because she's lost the baby that she was carrying. She's also on the front of the Mirror this morning. Uh, Kate and William's Paradise Getaway. They say the Royal Break is the Seychelles. Why can't they just leave them alone? Make it so much easier, I'm afraid. Um, another one here. Um, sorry, I just read those. I couldn't, I couldn't remember which ones I'd read, actually, about the lottery. Uh, every time I hear about Maddie, I hug my daughter as 20-odd years ago. Steve, friends and I stayed at Butlins with a baby monitoring service who looked after our children. It's strange that back then it didn't seem untoward as the service is provided by Butlins. I just think that that could have been us. I wouldn't buy the book, or else you'd have to buy all of them. Terry and Romford would buy the book. They made a mistake, and everybody now is judge and jury. End of the day... Little girl missing, and they're doing their best to get her back. All these people that go out and buy books like Kerry Katona for still to be a wreck and waste money. Yes, you're right. I mean, you, I mean, you can't equate Kerry Katona's book, because she shoved half a Columbia up her nose, I'm afraid, uh, equate it with the, with the McCann's. Uh, Beth says, didn't the McCann's friends leave their children too? I don't know. I, I have no idea on that. I can't remember. I would buy the book to get Kate's perspective. I'd also buy a book about Ben Needham if his mother wrote one. There you go. But it's very few, very few of you who would actually spend the money and actually buy, buy this book. You've all, we've all got uh, our own thoughts on it. So, uh, so that's, that's the way it goes, I'm afraid. It's, it is a bit sad. 84850-steve-at-lbc.co.uk. Uh, one here from uh, B. Says, uh, I'm another one who wouldn't buy the McCann book, let alone read the serialisation. Add to your council estate mother scenario of single mother drunk on a night out, left the kids, and add to the mix she's black, we'd never hear the end of it. She'd be locked up straight away, no questions asked, and the kids straight into care. I think we've all, we're all of the opinion that if it was a single mother, the treatment by the press would have been, would have been completely different. Certainly the treatment in America of, um, of Cheryl, with her big hair, still only five foot two inches tall, and uh, they say here they don't know what you're talking about, but they love you anyway, apparently. Although, read a review in one of the other papers, and they said she was absolutely dreadful over there. Absolutely dreadful. Who knows? Who knows? We do know that if we won 85 million, charities would benefit. We would be giving to, uh, to children's charities. We'd be helping people out of situations. And with 85 million tonight, by 
God, you could make a difference. My God, you could make a big difference. Listen, back with you tomorrow morning. Have yourself a nice day. It looks quite nice out there. It looks so it could be, as they say, a nice, bright day. Nick and the team with you after the news at 7 o'clock this morning. They'll have lots to talk about. Before all of that, it's the business update this morning with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing down 34 points.